You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, Portfolio Manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. And I must apologise in advance if Wayne seems a little bit distracted because he's presumably very excited about the resumption of the English Premier League season uh, tonight at 7 o'clock South African time between Aston Villa and Sheffield United. And then after that, at quarter past nine South African time, Manchester City versus Arsenal. So, Wayne, I forgive you. No, I'm not terribly excited. Shapiro will be because Arsenal's playing. Mm. But I'm not terribly, I won't be tuning in. Oh. But and it is news. I mean, make no mistake, it is news because more and more information I'm getting now, and a lot of it's anecdotal, but it seems as though the world economy is going to recover quicker than anticipated or is recovering quicker than anticipated. Yeah. And that's obviously good news. I mean, it's going to take a long time to pick up the lost ground in the actual economy. But, I mean, not just anecdotal evidence from the U.S. retail sales fell by the most ever on record two months ago, and then the last month rose by the most ever on record. It's still net down for the year. 6.1%, yeah. yeah, The rebound was enormous. eh? I mean, there was no slow recovery in that rebound. Yeah, but what was that? Was that just a restocking? Sorry to interrupt you. Was was that a restocking or was it just people saying, thank goodness I can go out there and buy some stuff now and off I go and and do it? Or was there genuine demand? Because I've used the I've just got out of prison analogy and I've used it a couple of times. But uh, there is an element of that, I think, but also an element of genuine demand. Mm. Obviously, there was was pent-up demand for things. But I mean, like I forget the, the, the actual categories, but I mean, some categories in the month were up more than 100%. Hmm. I mean, obviously, those were the ones that were the most severely locked down. But yeah, that was actually quite good. When you look at in South Africa, now I know it's the transition from an autumn month to a winter month, but according to the Eskom presentation to Parliament about two weeks ago, so before this really cold spell, yes. you know, electricity consumption is back to where it was pre the lockdown, and in fact, you're starting to hear murmurings coming from Eskom now about the grid is under pressure, the grid is under pressure. You know, so I hope we don't get load shedding, but it's not, it's not, well, we know load shedding is coming back, it's just a question of when. But, you know, you drive around town, Yes. and I was listening to the, to the traffic commentary, and uh, the traffic commentator said, you would estimate that traffic's back to about 70% of what it was during normal time. So there, there is some economic activity. There is some recovery. Tell me about the cold weather, because it does put the grid under under pressure. In Johannesburg, from what I've heard from a couple of other commentators, you're freezing up there. That's freezing. That's freezing, yeah. I mean, it's one degree, and the max is between... Well, this is now since... Since Tuesday, I suppose, yeah, since, since yesterday, Monday or Tuesday, yes. the weather minimum is about one and the maximum doesn't get much above 10 or 11. It's going to, tomorrow it goes up to 15, but then it sort of stays like that for a week, you know, between 15 and 17. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's really cold, yeah. Yeah, I always find it Probably funny when cold. people say, well, goodness me, it's cold. But it's winter. Of course it's going to be cold. Yes, yeah, it's going, it should be cold, yeah. Exactly. So I don't know why we worry about it. It's actually nice to have a bit of cold weather, you know, red wine and lamb stew and all that sort of thing or a vegetable stew, at whichever least, you like. At least, 
at least now, if you want to, you can go and buy some wine. Yes. Which is, a, which is I mean, it didn't make much difference in my life, to be honest. But uh, at you least drink now, red wine, if you don't want you? to, you can go and buy. No, I don't. You know, it took me, let me work it out now and be realistic. You it told me you did. Me 40, no, I drink white wine. Oh. It took me 40 years mm. and many, many, many um, rather unpleasant uh, uh, occasions to work out that I'm allergic to red wine somehow, to the tannins or something. Yes. It took me literally 40 years to work it out that I actually can't drink the stuff that makes me feel most ill. Oh. So now I just have a wine again. Very so good. So during the whole of lockdown, during lockdown, when all the bottle stores were closed, I finished off the two bottles of white wine that I had in my stock. That was it? That was it. Mm. Well, you're a better man than I, Gunga Din. Anyway, let's have and a look I at the... bought another two bottles last week, yeah. No, very good. <laughs> no. Uh, but anyway, we'll talk about other things that you do which sort of counteract the fact that you're abstemious when it comes to alcohol. Let's have a look at a couple of things on the JSC, and this is one that's very interesting. Aspen Pharmacare. Did you yes. see this announcement? It came out at 10.42 yes. this morning, and it says the use of dexamethasone in the Whatever clinical management of patients with COVID-19 requiring respiratory intervention. Now, this has been lauded by the UK and by the um, health minister of the UK. What's his name? Matt something. I can't remember his, his second name. Hancock. Matt Hancock. As this is a great British invention and, and everything else. But it reduces the incidence of death with people in in severe, in the, the final stages of, of COVID-19. Yeah. It reduces it by one in eight or something like that. But anyway, Aspen yeah. Pharmacare up 10 and a quarter percent at the moment. Correct, yeah. Look, I mean, it's, it's, as you said, it's only in the treatment of patients with um, who require respiratory intervention. So it's not a cure for the virus. It's no. Just that if you're on a respirator, this does seem to help you tremendously up your chances of survival. But, you know, I've learned in this virus, I mean, I saw a thing today from the World Health Organization that actually your, your, the transmission of the virus is really dependent on close personal contact over a sustained period with someone who has the virus. Okay. So they were playing down hugely the effect of someone touching the doorknob and you coming along five minutes later and touching the same doorknob mm. as to whether you're getting it or whether you pass someone in the supermarket who hasn't got a mask on. You know, right. So they were saying it's close contact with people over a little bit of time that's actually the most dangerous. So all of this, I mean, you walk around shopping centers and in shops in South Africa now, I mean, it's like... It's like you're a refugee almost in your own country. People don't look at you and they don't chat and they don't pass comments and you're too scared to come within two meters of someone who's standing in front of the shelf with the chips that you want to buy. You've got to wait. You don't just, you know, in the old days, you just go and sort of almost, maybe I'm rude, but they almost lean past the shoulder and take your packet of chips and put it in your trolley. So now you, you wait, you're too scared <laughs> to come into people's space. You wait for them to move on before you get a packet of knickknacks or whatever you want to. So, you know, it's a, you, you feel almost like, well, not an outcast, but you, you feel almost socially rejected when you go shopping now because everyone is so, and no one talks. So now you also find out in the shopping center, the actual level of the music of the, 
of the music that they play in the shopping centers in incredibly loud because there's no other noise. No one's talking. No one's discussing any with anyone. No one's passing, you know, comments on anything. Are people wearing masks? Virtually to the person. The only people you see who aren't wearing masks are people who are exercising in the masks on their chin or on their throat. Um, and, oh, no, people actually, no matter what the reports you hear about, about taxis riding with no one with masks on, Mm. My experience is, yeah, I, I reckon 95% of people are actually wearing a mask or have it on their face, even though it's not necessarily covering their nose, but they have a mask when they, and most of the time those are people walking or by themselves, you know, and if they were riding their bicycle, then they, obviously if they come close to someone, but pull the mask up, but no, masks are definitely being worn. Okay, I was talking about bicycles. I went for a bicycle into the Rotterdam city centre yesterday. I did a couple of errands and then I stopped at my favourite bar. It was around about 12 o'clock, I suppose. I sat down and I, it's a great place to, to watch people. So I sat down in my normal spot in the window of the place and the window is open and I can see people walking along the street. It's very good fun. And there were a few people in the bar, but uh, observing social distancing as the Dutch do because they're very organized people and yeah. there's a lot of pollen around at the moment because of the weather conditions we've had it's been very mm -hmm. warm and there's been a bit of rain here and there so the flowers are out and everything and i sneezed and the whole place came to a standstill Ooh. when i sneezed my goodness yeah yeah because they thought what on earth are you doing now because I, I didn't do it what into my elbow doing? it just it just yeah. came it, it just came upon me and I, I didn't i didn't think it was like i as you said i was like a social outcast i was yeah. a metaphorical leper in their eyes yeah so people are worried yeah now, people are, are worried. So, I mean, that comes down, you know, even when everything's lifted, international travel and maybe even local travel is going to take a lot longer to recover. Yes. Even when there are no restrictions because, you know, 50%, at least 50% of the population, well, exactly 50% of the population are more worried than others about the virus. So they're going to stay at home. That's going to take a, long, a longer time for restaurants simply because people are concerned about it. So it's going to take longer, even when there's no restriction, it'll take, it'll take longer for those sectors to recover. Let's have a look at a trading update that came out from a South African retailer today. And the company's name, it's a sales update for the 23-week period, ended 7th of June. The company's name is MassMart. It says, as previously reported, the, uh, for the 19-week period, ended 10th of May, total sales decreased by 11.9% over the prior year, with comparable store sales decreasing by 12.1%. It doesn't seem as dramatic as I thought it might have been. No, it's not it's not that bad. And, and you must remember, um, part of the MassMart stores were open for essential goods. Right. But by and large, but by and large, it, it was at least 70% closed. I mean, I didn't know the exact number. But now they are significantly more open. And as we know, that Builders uh, is open and Macro and Game is open but still, they warn you on the impact of the virus. You know, their total sales uh, were 4.7, 4.6 billion lower than the previous year. And that will just be in nominal terms. So you would have expected them to have shown some sort of inflation, maybe inflation plus increase over the prior year. 
But they also state that they've got no liquidity issues. Um, Walmart put in another $4 billion into the company. They've had negotiations with all of their creditors and banks, and they've got sufficient money to meet all its obligations. Uh, and they've got a $4 billion rand intercompany loan from Walmart. But then in the trading statement, they say losses are going to be at least 50% higher than the loss for the previous year. Okay. So last year they made, let's say, four rand loss, and there's going to be another two rand extra. It's going to be a six rand loss for this year. But then if the excluding the impact of the COVID lockdown, they expected the still loss, eh? they're still making the loss, but it would have been slightly better than the four rand from the previous year. So, I mean, this is a company that's, restructuring massively. I mean, we know they've closed some, some Dion Wired, probably find some game stores will close or be reconfigured. But they're also in their statement, in the um, body of the statement under cost control, you know, they're negotiating all of their leases with the landlord saying, you know, if you in this particular store don't come to the party, we're just going to close it. So there's big restructuring and, and turnarounds uh, going through, yeah, they're renegotiating with their vendors and their suppliers. And yeah, okay. you know, this company's had a tough, tough time now for a while. Because if you look at the share price, I mean, the share price can look all retailers' share prices are down. But this, you know, this one's down 80% in the last three years. So they've had a proper tough time. Still a good company, and, and, and perhaps it will bounce back. Uh, the big bounce back today on the JSC, which is around about 3% higher uh, for the day, because we missed out yesterday. We closed yes. on Monday, down around about 2.5%. We missed out on the recovery and the rally in the United States of America and elsewhere on Tuesday, yesterday. And now we're suddenly playing catch-up. So we're up 3%. It's all to do with Process and NASPERS. They're doing so well. Yes, yes they most certainly are. So if you take if you take a well let's take let's take let's take a Nas Naspers. I mean Naspers for the year, let's just say from the beginning for the year to date it's up twenty three percent. I mean the all shares down ten, eight or ten percent. So they've done incredible extremely well. Extremely well. Yeah. But I mean it's it's a it's obviously a very successful story, yeah. Yes. And in theory the non ten cent part of the business, if you listen to management, there's massive value to be unlocked there. Although I've been reading a lot of negative stories about the food delivery business, that this is not the the win sector for the future. So and they've and NASPERS and process have put a lot of money into food delivery. And I think they were pretty happy that they bid for what was it? Just eat or what eat or something. Just didn't eat and grab up, up, yes. Mm. Yeah, didn't didn't come didn't actually happen because mm. they would have had significantly more debt. So I think they're quite happy that it didn't happen now. But in the last five years it's up hundred and fifty odd percent the share. So it's done extremely well. And that's and that's taking into account the process unbundling as well. So I mean this thing's up hugely. Yeah. It is. What would you do with both of them, um, given what you've just said? No, I th look, when, when we as a company look at these shares, 
we would say they slightly overvalued by between 5 and 10%, but that is such a marginal amount. We wouldn't reduce our quite significant weighting in the shares because of what we deem a slight overvaluation. So what overvaluation means is more than likely over the next six months to the year, the share outperformance won't be that dramatic as what we have seen in the shares. But I mean, not bad in process. You know, most pension funds and investment houses will probably limit their exposure to 15, 16, 17% uh, because you, you, you cannot put all your eggs in one basket. But the actual JSE index weight must be 25, 26% for those two shares. So it's a quarter of our market in essentially one share. Yeah. And it is uh, dangerous. It's a double-edged sword. And we can debate that for, for, for many, many hours um, if, we, if we had a forum. Uh, what else are you seeing, Wayne? It's, it's sort of a day and a week where we've had uh, a 7% fall, more or less, in the Dow on one day. And then it's recovered yes. um, most of those losses in the, the next two or three days. So I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find a trend here. What are you seeing? Well, look, we know for sure that the only reason why the market's gone up worldwide, let's let's just just talk about the Dow, is because of Federal Reserve liquidity. So when you measure a forward price earnings ratio, that's taking the current level of the stock market and comparing it to the anticipated earnings in one year's time, the market will, other than the dot-com bubble, other than the dot-com bubble, the market will be the most expensive it's been since, and including 2008. So 98% of this market rally we see is a pure liquidity fed free money yes. at the end of the day. That, that's all it is. Now, earnings will recover, so you can say the forward PE should be high in one year's time. In two years' time, earnings will be significantly better than what they were in one year's, time, in one year's outlook. But at absolute, virtually almost record all-time highs, that you cannot, at bare minimum, expect this massive rally to just continue, you know, indefinitely. Mm. And we are still waiting for a market pullback. And it's just a timing issue. We've spoken about this many times. It's just a timing issue. The recovery is too quick, too soon. There's a lot more economic data that's going to come out that's going to be extremely painful. But we are cautious on the market at, at the moment, including our local market. Now, it's not going back below 40,000. It's not going back to 38,000. Yes. But it could easily go below 50,000, easily. Okay. And we're keeping a bit of ammunition dry in case that happens. Because when that does happen, that be another opportunity to buy, if it does happen. Okay, so you've got money waiting in the wings to take yeah. advantage of any potential uh, dips. But we'll speak about what happens if the market continues to go up and what you'll well, do then we with talk. that capital. Yeah. Then we will regret hmm. having some dry ammunition. Yeah, you've always got to have your ammunition dry. Wayne, thank you so much for your time this evening. For, uh, we'll obviously be WhatsApping during the Manchester City-Arsenal game uh, later on. Wayne McCurry is Portfolio Manager at FMB Wealth and Investment. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.